You're listening to the Sewing and Grown podcast and radio show with Jay and Jay. And hello, we're back on the Sewing and Growing podcast with J&J, with, you guessed it, J&J. Every now and then when I have a microphone in front of my face and I'm up here in this upper room of the church doing this podcast, I feel like I have to be a radio announcer. And I want to encourage you with this, be who you are. The most influential you can be for the kingdom of God is being who you are, not who someone else is. And if you are a radio announcer... If you are Ron That's Milhorn, awesome. be yeah. Ron Milhorn. Be Ron Milhorn. And you need to commentate on that Glenwood game. <laughs> yes, he does. Uh, he has a good voice for radio, doesn't he? He does. A number of years back, he actually did a narration for a Christmas He did. That was cool. That was fun. church. He's a fun guy to be around, too. Uh, so if you listen to this, maybe share the podcast with Ron Milhorn so <laughs> he can hear the shout out we gave to him. Uh, I want to stalk- talk about some... I don't want to stalk. I don't- no stalking. No stalking. Uh, but I want to talk about something upon. that has gone the way of the Buffalo temporarily, but actually the Buffaloes are being They're reintroduced. Back, <laughs> so <laughs> gone the way of the dodo. Gone the way of the dodo. There I think that's go. the original saying. Actually. Is it really? Yeah, you're full of these. Gone the way of the dodo. The dodo bird has been extinct for okay. hundreds of years. Um, but this it's is going to be revitalized around holidays and the summertime. I want to talk about road trips. Uh, Man, when I was a kid, I didn't like the road trip much. I like the one-way road trip a lot. My good friend, Jordan Todd, who I miss, who lives in Denver now, who is a faithful listener of the Sewing and Growing podcast with J&J. Love you, Jordan. Thank you, Jordan. We found out that we are passionate about the one-way road trip, which is not a financially responsible thing to do. That's where you rent a car, drive to a destination, and fly back. back. It's fun. You get the best of both worlds. But you don't get the experience of the road trip home seemingly being much faster because you've already taken the route. Yes, but the lack of newness of seeing the same things and having to deal with a 13-hour drive both ways, I feel Mm. like the juice isn't worth the squeeze. I still will do road trips, but man, you... Road trips in general aren't worth the squeeze for me. I, I fly whenever possible. Yeah, it, my it's wife's nice. completely opposite. She, she loves, likes the road trips. She trip. loves road trips, and I was like, "Well, that's because you get to sit on your phone in the passenger seat the whole time." Because, and then she even said this to me. She goes, "I've never placed that like obligation upon you to be the driver." I know I said, but like society and the fact that I'm a man has placed that upon me, oh. and I feel like I need to drive the whole time. Well, I'm glad but she has since released me. That sounds like such a moment of healing and freedom. She released and me from that obligation, and a lot of times now we split road trips. <laughs> that's awesome, man. Yeah, so that oh. makes it better. And I'm not really talking about just the joys of a great American summer pastime of road trips, family road trips. Really what I'm trying to do, and I'm trying to do this as a minister, as someone who just loves to communicate, is find analogies of something spiritual, of our formation, of our development, our discipleship, and then how they affect and they can be compared to natural things. That's what I want to do. And that's really what I want to do with this road trip idea. And I'll just tell you... Uh, I'll pull the veil of what I'm really talking about with the road trip. I'm talking about uh, feelings and emotions. That's what I want to talk about and how we relate to them. I was amazed at the statement Addison Bevere made at the men's conference that the average teenager is dealing with the same level of anxiety that somebody in a mental institution in the 1950s would have been instituted with. Which means ultimately if we were back 70 years ago, We'd all be in mental yeah. institutions yeah, for the most and part. And those have gone the way of the dodo as well. Mental, ins- yeah. me- mental uh, institutions. One flew over the cuckoo's nest. 
That's a movie I've not seen and I'm not endorsing, but I think they gave him a lobotomy. And this <laughs> podcast is going downhill. Let's turn it around. Please. Uh, but for every road trip, we're going to jump right into mm-hmm. it. There's different people that play different roles. And oh, yeah. let's just go over it. First off, spiritually, on our road trip that the Lord's taking us on, the driver should be the Holy Spirit. And you may yeah. go, well, Jesus is my driver. Yes, I get that. But there's one of the Carrie Underwood that- would disagree. <laughs> Jesus, take the wheel. Correction. I just, she probably knows that. It just wasn't lyrically flowing. Yeah. Holy Spirit, take the wheel. For example, maybe you ask Jesus to come in your heart. Praise God, you're a new creation. But Pastor Jonathan, is Jesus really in your heart? No. The Spirit Sorry. of Christ is in yeah. your heart, and he's the exact same one. Jesus is in heaven. Jesus said, it's better that I leave, <laughs> be seated in heavenly places, interceding for you, and I'm going to send a Holy Spirit who's yes. going to be with you. So really, the Holy Spirit should be our driver. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be blunt with you. If you're living your life and you're not considering the Lord leading and guiding your steps, you need to rededicate your life or revamp your relationship with Him because that's not a genuine, real Christian relationship. Yeah. I would agree. I would say this too. Maybe you're going to say this, but usually the person who knows where they're going is the one who's driving. That's right. Amen. And and I'm just reminded of the verse in Romans 18, 14, those that are led by the spirit of God, those are the sons of God. So driver, Holy spirit, shotgun, your spirit. So here's the deal. This is what I'm saying. You might go like, not just me spirit. I thought you already said Holy spirit. People don't know this. I can't go in depth on this because this is a 30 minute podcast, but you are three parts. What are they? You are a, well, you are a spirit. (laughs) Yes, sir. You have a soul. Come on, brother. And you live in a body. Exactly. So the real you, the most genuine part of you is what? Your spirit. And I'm saying that's in the passenger seat because really our (laughs) spirit is in cahoots. It's made to have a tight, close-knit relationship with the Holy Spirit and a relatable relationship. Wait, cahoots means tight-knit? I feel like you're in together. If I'm not applying that word. I thought cahoots means like. Like they're in cahoots. Okay. You're probably right. Don't derail me on this. If if I'm wrong. All right. I'm I'm in cahoots with you. (laughs) It probably isn't the right word. Forgive (laughs) me, listeners. But my point is, I knew in the front seat on the road trip, my mom and my dad were working together. Sometimes she would look up something. He would drive. She would make commentary. But I knew they were working together. He's looking up the definition of the word. Colluding together secretly. Okay, they're not secret. Hopefully they're not. But they're working I'm together. Sorry. I'm so sorry. Yeah. All right. So, Holy Spirit driver, <laughs> our own spirit. You are a spirit yeah. in the shotgun. In the shot, The yes. back seat, I say soul. Your soul should be in the back seat. Um, and then, ultimately, the vehicle, that's the body. So, let's just talk yeah. about that. On the road trip, the car is very important on what you're driving, yeah. but the car can't drive itself unless it's a Tesla, I guess. I'm not <laughs> talking about Tesla road trips. I'm talking about Cadillac road trips, family. Old talking classic about combustion American. engine road trips. Yes. Uh, you need a vehicle that runs to get you where you're going. Yes. So you got to be mindful of your body. It's the temple of the Holy Spirit. It's not the most important part because it can't drive itself. Right. You need to air up the tires before you leave. Fill up the gas yeah. tank. Be mindful of what's going on in your body, your health, because yeah. you need this earth suit to get you where you're going. Lord. The classic way to say it that Pastor Jonathan already did, I'm going to revamp it, re-say it again, okay. is you are a spirit. You have a soul and you live in a body. And oftentimes we can be most mindful of what's going on in our body and our mind and forget about the spiritual aspect of us. You might want to just look in a mirror and say, in the mirror, 
I am a spirit. God lives in that man and identify your spirit. That's good. So my main point of this whole talk about the road trip is this, that our emotions and feelings should take the back seat. Glory. Oftentimes they're in the front seat, they're leading us and guide us, whatever we feel, we just spew to the world and it just takes us wherever it goes, tosses us all over the place. But my point is that our emotions and feelings should take a back seat. And why is that? Because really they can be like kids. They can throw temper tantrums. They can be all over the place. I don't need to belabor that point. They can spill their snacks. <laughs> they can spill their snacks, all man. All over the so floor. You just I went back into my upbringing when I was a kid and thought about some of the things I experienced as thoughts, feelings, and emotions in the backseat on road trips. And the first one I experienced was fear. You're like, whoa, fear. Were your parents terrible drivers? No, I had older siblings in the back seat who were lying to me. So let me just share with you about this. For example, my brothers had it out against a certain restaurant. What was that restaurant? Pizza Hut. They, had they it hated oh. Pizza Hut. I love Pizza Hut. I like Pizza Hut. The buffet's great. Yeah. It's awesome. And I'll just give you an example of what they did. When I was four years old on a road trip, there was a famous movie that came out. I've never seen it. It was called Anaconda. Does anyone remember Anaconda? I've seen Anaconda. With Ice Cube? Yeah. And uh, it's like an Anaconda that I feel like Halle Berry's in it, but I don't know. I didn't see it, but the posters were everywhere. And my brothers, we drove by a pizza that was closed and they said, hey, John, you want to know why that pizza hut's closed? Because in the toilet... When people would flush the toilet and Anaconda would come up and eat them. Little four-year-old me was like, really? Are you telling me the truth? And they're like, yeah. And they're yes, like, you want to know what else? They cooked rats in the pizza in those oven. They got caught and they had to close down the pizza. I was so scared. But really, in our life, man, we can be afraid of a lot of things. We can be afraid of losing our job. We can be afraid of the economy. We can be afraid of our own health. You know, oh, I've got a bump on the back of my head. What is that? There can be tons of fear from our emotions. That's number one. Number two, impatience. Come on, what is the most common question ever asked on a road trip from a kid in the backseat? The most common question ever asked is also a name of a movie that Ice Cube was also in. Oh, Are we there the yet? One. Let's go. Yes. Let's go. Come on. Full circle, brothers and sisters. <laughs> yeah. Are we there yet? We're so impatient on a road trip, but come on, in our feelings and emotions, are we ever impatient? You know, when am I going to reach the American dream? When am I going to be promoted? When are we going to have kids? When am I going to give? married i'm single the amount of impatience is unreal in our feelings and emotions so that's two fear impatience what's number three confusion Mm. so this is where when you're really small when you're really little if you have a toddler maybe in the back i'll give you an example confused all the time (laughs) well you're a parent you can attest (laughs) to this but i now am an uncle not only to my biological biological nieces and nephews, but I'm married and I have little Andres. I'm a tío because I married a Latina and they live about an hour and a half away from Corpus Christi in Texas. I've talked very highly of Texas, but Corpus yeah. Christi is not the most beautiful you beach in the world. You would think something that's named like the body, body of Christ. Christ would You'd be... want to represent a little bit yeah. better. Come on, represent. But on the road from South Texas, from where they live to that it's farmland, good farmland because you got humid weather and they also have a bunch of wind turbines. You know those huge towers, wind towers with the huge propellers? You know what I'm talking about. I know exactly what you're talking but about. But little three-year-old Andresito, Andrew, didn't know what it was. So he's driving, he's like, you know, he's just making noise. And so he's like, ceiling fan. 
Like, ceiling fans? Dad, are those ceiling fans? What are those? Why? You know, just going off about ceiling fans. One ceiling fan, two ceiling fans. Just started counting all the ceiling fans. Ticking his parents off. But frustrated. Um, but kids ask tons of questions. What's going on? You know, confusion in the backseat is common for a child. But often we can be confused in life. And the world's confused. We see that with gender. We see that with different roles. What's God? But if we're honest, sometimes we're confused about God. We're confused about our sexuality, maybe. That's real. It's present. And our world, there's a bunch of confusion. Those are thoughts and feelings that can arise about situations. We talked on this podcast, a podcast entitled Questions That Persist. What is that about? It's about certain confusing things that we don't quite know yet we have to wrestle with. Fair? Anything else you'd say to any of those? Yeah, well, I was just thinking about just drawing the parallels between um, the the actual roles in the car versus spiritual roles. And I was just thinking, I said this earlier, you know, the driver is usually the one who knows where they're going. If not, then, you know, the passenger sometimes can help them out with the map. But just thinking this, so when I take a road trip, this is this is how it goes. If I'm driving, I usually know where we're going. It means I'm in charge. That means, it's just, just this is just in my car, so don't shout me down if this is not how you operate. But I'm like, my sole responsibility is to get you there safely and not fall asleep. So we're going to play the music that I want to listen to. You're calling the shots. Is the I'm job. calling the shots. So the passenger was usually my wife, is usually preferring me in that aspect. So she goes, what's the type of music you want to play? Say, go if the kids are sleeping we can keep it low put on some metal okay because I, I need to keep driving here and i said and what's crucial for a road trip for me is sunflower seeds because those keep me awake so she prefers me in the music she prefers me in the snacks and she's there aiding me in the process so we think about the spirit of god is in the driver's seat and your spirit is in the passenger seat not that i'm serving the holy spirit the whole time but when we talk about yielding to the holy spirit the word yield actually means to prefer very well so if i'm going to prefer the holy spirit then i am yielding to what he has to say where he's taking us and the music that he's listening and here's a great thing to combat some of what we're going through, you're being mindful of the yes. Holy Spirit. And the Bible yes. says to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And it combats some of these adverse feelings and emotions right. we're already doing. Yeah. Just that awareness that he's driving, right. I'm serving, and right. we're getting there. And Hebrews tells us to not do things that would grieve the Holy Spirit. Yes. And this is a question. Remember your point, because I'm going on a rabbit trail for just a second. I know we only got 15 minutes. But uh, the front cup holder, what do you think the front cup holder actually is? When you say the, the cup holder that's in front. Center console? Yeah, in the center console. The f- premier position in the front console or just those two? Like if you got two right it's there It's for the, the drinks of the driver and the passenger. Yes, but which one would you say is the front? The driver. Yeah, so there's some confusion on that because I just watched a watched a Facebook post where the driver, I think, the, the, the husband was saying that the front one is actually the one that's closest to him. That's the front. I don't think so. It's the one that's farthest away. It's the one that's closest to the front of the car. Anyways, the, the cup holder that I prefer is the one that's closest to me so I don't have to reach far. Does that make sense? Yes. So if my wife puts my Starbucks in the other one, it grieves me. Yeah, I hear you. Maybe not that much, but we're not supposed to be grieving the Holy Spirit. So the actions that you take place in the passenger seat either please or grieve and help the Holy Spirit. Very well said. Go ahead. So 
Again, in the backseat, we're experiencing fear, impatience, confusion at times. And I realized this intuitively as a child growing up, that the answers I needed to the adverse emotions I'm feeling were in the front seat. If I was afraid, my my brother's talking me out of it. Don't talk to mom and dad about Pizza Hut. So I got scared. I didn't say it. But if I would have just said, hey, mom, is there an anaconda living in the toilet that's going to eat me at Pizza Hut? She would have said no. Okay, I would have gotten answers in the front seat. If I didn't know how long it was, we all as children know, if I'm impatient, I'm going to ask the front seat, what are we doing? I knew the answers in the front seat. And lastly, confusion. I'm always asking, what's going on? You know, what is that? Where are we? All these different things. Those answers in the front seat. But so often, remember, I said our soul should take a back seat. We try to figure out what's going on in the back seat with ourselves, but you don't have the ability, the capability, the capacity to answer the questions of fear, impatience, and confusion in the backseat. You got to go to the front seat. That's good. So what is the front seat going to say to you? For example, in fear, these are, this is a foundational scripture. I feel like within six months of being a Christian, every Christian should get this scripture down in you. Second Timothy one, seven for God has not given you a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. And what you get out of that is if you go, hey, I'm afraid, God's going to remind you that I'm driving the vehicle, the Holy Spirit's driving the vehicle, and I'm driving it with power, love, and a well-disciplined mind. So whatever's arising in the backseat, just know that's not me. And that can be enough for that. So there's a verse for fear. Impatience, here's one. Psalm 37, 7 says, Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. A couple things. Uh, Calm down. God's going to be able to tell you calm down. I love when I know someone who loves me, who speaks from a spot of perspective, can look and say, calm down. I don't take it as a bad thing. It's like, okay, I'm obviously overreacting to this. So often I believe God's going to look at you and say, Be still, calm down, and stop comparing. Often we're impatient because we're comparing to someone else. And Pastor Mark shared this, that only 20% of our thoughts are initiated and active about our present moment. 80% of our thoughts are about what's happened in the past and what's happened in the future. And psychologists have taken up studies of what percentage of our thoughts are negative, and it's 80%. So you're dealing with 20% of your thoughts in the present moment, and on average, 80%... 80% of thoughts being negative, it's amazing we do as well as we're doing. But if we would be passionate, deeply invested in our present moment and trust God, stop compare, you said this, compare a sin, the sin of mm. comparing, we'd be better off. That's impatience Amen. and confusion. The answer from the front seat, because often the Holy Spirit and the Spirit are going to point you to the Word of God. Yeah. That's their language. This is the wisdom you're going to get for confusion. Psalm 131.2. It's similar to Psalm 37.7. Surely I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child resting with his mother. My soul is like a weaned child within me, composed and freed of discontent. We shared about this on another podcast, but it's that picture of a baby who just got milk. Right. Come on. God. Here's another verse. God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. Peace. Come on. Those are the answers coming from the front seat. Glory. Yes. So Uh, full disclosure, I got the idea of this analogy, not for myself, but a quote by a lady named Jerry Scazzaro. And this is the quote, and I just want to go over it because there's some funny things you can take out of it. And I think she says it very well. Feelings or emotions are like children when you are on vacation. You can't put them in the driver's seat or stuff them in the trunk. You have to listen to them 
take care of them, protect them, and at times, boundary them. I think that's a great way to put it. So why could I, as a child, not be in the driver's seat? Pastor Jonathan said it. You don't know where you're going. I wouldn't be high enough to see over the steering wheel, nor tall enough to put my foot to the pedal. So our feelings and emotions don't have the foresight to see where ultimately God's taking us or the energy and momentum to get us to where we're going. And I was just even thinking this, when you have small children, like toddlers under the age of three, they're actually facing backwards in the backseat. Look at that. Because they're not physically mature enough to face the front way in case something was to happen. Wow. So they're not even equipped to be facing the right way. And that's probably where some of the confusion comes anyways. Your your emotions are not mature enough <laughs> to, to even have vision and face the right way to see where you're going. That's a good point. Uh, I probably need to mull that over a little bit more, but I was just thinking like my... Three-year-old now is is front-facing, but they say that you can have them rear-facing all the way up to like five if you want. Um, that's probably not true. But they said having them rear-facing longer is always going to be better. Um, yes. Yeah. And yeah. So that's in the driver's seat, but also think about stuffing in the trunk. So when I think of stuffing in the trunk, I think of like a mobster. Like, yeah, put them in the trunk. Yeah, put them know? in the trunk. So what's the danger about being put in the trunk? They don't fit. They Break don't fit, legs. and they might die. Like, yeah. you know, some there could be some carbon leak, and yeah. you could die. But we do that with a lot of our emotions and feelings. We Instead of yeah. dealing with them with our spirit and the Holy Spirit, we stuff them. We, we just ignore them. And the problem is your thoughts, feelings, and emotions can die. And when that happens, you don't only die to sadness, anger, frustration. You can die to the expressions of those emotions that are positive, like love, joy, and peace. It's better to deal with them, to acknowledge them, listen to them, take care of them. I'll give you an example of uh, why you want to listen to some people in the backseat. I just took a trip of students to Denver, and I told all those students to use the restroom at the church because I wasn't stopping. Well, we get to about Vail, and one of the kids like, I gotta pee, I gotta pee. Well, I stopped, but I, I stopped a little past Vail. Like, I had to get to the summit. I wasn't going to pull over to some fancy restaurant in Vail for all these kids. to. What happened? One of the kids peed his pants in the oh, bus. No. So, so often, these signals of what's going on are a thing that are going deeper on in your heart, and if you stuff them, if you don't address them in prayer, godly counsel with the word and the spirit, you're going to have outbursts. Some, yeah. You're, you're going to wet yourself spirit, You're going to wet yourself emotionally. <laughs> or those things can die. And that's just not the thing you want to happen. Yeah. I'm also just thinking about the vehicle that I drive in the natural is a, well, I drive a truck, but our family vehicle that my wife drives is a van. And so you think about the safest place Probably if we were to hit something, it's probably not the front seat. It's probably not the back seat. Safest place, probably the middle seat. And when you're protecting your emotions, you want to guard them in such a way that they're in the middle. They're not leading and you're not forgetting about them, but you're putting them right in the safest spot for them. Great, great insight you're bringing out. Well, thanks. So we go bound me our emotions. Really, we need to feel more. I just have some wisdom to share on why we boundary our emotions and feelings. And this is the statement I got. We boundary them because where we are going is more important than what we are feeling. Mm. 
no matter what you're feeling, how strong it is, no matter how intense it is, I want you to hear me right now. Where the Holy Spirit is taking you is greater than the difficulty of what you're experiencing right now. If you're afraid, God hasn't given you a spirit of fear. Push through that fear. Deal with it because where he's taking you is more important. If you're impatient and you're you're wanting to be married, you're wanting promises of God and you're willing to do whatever outside of God's will to get what he has for you, don't do it because you're going to you're going to get on the wrong pathway. Where he's taking you is more important than what you're feeling. And if you're confused, man, I get it. I've been confused about things. There's things that I haven't understood about God. What I'm experiencing in my physical body feel different than what God's saying, but stay with it because ultimately I can attest to it. Where God's taking you is more important than what you're feeling. Amen. So let me just wrap up. I'm, I'm finishing up. Uh, Our emotions and feelings should take a backseat. That's my main point. The answers we need are in the front seat where the spirit and the Holy spirit are where we are going is more important than what we're feeling. And lastly, lastly, I realized this, that on road trips as a kid in the backseat, my best times are when I could fall asleep. Hmm. And I believe spiritual maturity, spirit strength is the ability in the middle of older siblings, putting fear into you impatience and different things going on to be able to fall asleep in our souls. That is spiritual maturity. So we know it. Whenever you were on a trip and it seemed long, how long are we there yet? If you as a child could fall asleep and then the next thing you know, your mom is, you know, like, hey, hey, wake up, we're almost there. And you getting the joy of almost being to your destination is so much better. So I'd encourage you through uh, silence and solitude, through processing things with the Holy Spirit, get real about dealing with those emotions because ultimately the greatest expression of our emotions and feelings are to respond to what's going on in the front seat. And I remember those moments where I was able to put those adverse emotions, real, needed, but adverse emotions to sleep and then get awoken from what's going on in the front seat and respond to the joy of getting where I'm going. Those are the best times. Not saying it's easy. You need the spirit of God to help you, but learn just as our master and leader, Jesus fell asleep in the boat in the middle of a storm. Yeah. That in the backseat, we can put our thoughts, feelings, and emotions to sleep so we can get where we're going with God. Amen. Amen. So hopefully you got something out of that. That That's my example of a road trip and how it relates yeah. to our feelings and emotions because where we're going is more important than what we're feeling. Yeah, that would be my wisdom of the day, That what you just said right there, where we're going is more important than what we're feeling. And then just tagging on to that, what I said earlier, and out of that quote is that children can be kind of annoying at times, but they're precious and they should be guarded and they should be acknowledged. So your feelings, it's all about proper balance. You don't ignore them and you don't let them drive, but you listen to what they have to say, but ultimately you always bring the opinion of what your emotions are telling you in line with the Holy Spirit. Yeah, That's good, man. And my uh, wisdom of the day really comes down to what is so intuitive for a child, but we miss. And that is in our soul, we try to deal with our soul issues inside of our own soul, but our soul is not capable. It's not strong enough. Pastor Mark talked about this on the strong spirit of a man that sustains him. It's not a strong soul of a man that sustains him. And our soul needs to go to the front seat. And that's where the Holy Spirit and our spirit is. So it can get the answers it needs to bring a spot of peace so that we can sleep on the journey we're going and get where we're going. Amen. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you. Uh, Come up with your own analogies. Grow in God. Become a disciple of the Lord Jesus. And Pastor Jonathan, would you like to pray? Would you like me to pray? 
Uh, I like I like praying, but I like when you pray as well. (laughs) I'll pray. (laughs) Father God, thank you so much for who you are. And so much of what you want to do is a deep work, an internal work that radically changes our character and our personality on the inside. So often we can hide these things. We can stuff them and pretend, put on a facade of what's going on internally. But God, you want to deeply change us and who we are, Father God. And where you are taking us is more important than uh, what we're feeling on the inside, but we're not uh, going to grow satisfied with becoming, uh, with staying emotionally infants, Father God. But we're going to grow. We're going to, we're going to grow with you, and that's what this podcast is for: growing with you into Christ-likeness. So I declare that to be so that we are Christ-like in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. That's it. That's all. Don't go away from this podcast and watch Anaconda, but. Uh, Go away having proper perspective of where your emotions need to be. And we'll catch you next time on the Sewing and Growing Podcast.